So if you have your Bibles, Mark chapter 10, and I, I got a message for the, for the fathers and the men today uh, that I hope that will be encouragement to you and uh, amen in your family. Mark chapter 10, verse 43, it says, but it is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I want to talk about this morning the greatness of a man how to achieve greatness how to achieve greatness every man at some point in his life he begins to pursue purpose but more importantly Every man wants to be great. Widely acknowledged as one of the finest individual sporting champions of all time, Muhammad Ali proclaimed in February 1964, just before the world title against Sonny Liston, that he is the greatest ever. To quote him, he says, I am the greatest. And he said that he knew this all of his life. Floyd Mayweather Jr. believes he is the greatest fighter in history. Or as he says, TBE, the best ever. LeBron James, Serena Williams. Tom Brady, Simone Biles, Usain Bolt, Stephen Curry. All of these men and women have achieved some level of greatness. My question to you men is this. How do you define greatness? Is greatness only achieved by those who are superb athletes, entrepreneurs, CEOs, musicians, actors, and so on? Can we, as Christian men, can we achieve greatness in this life? Can we, as Christian men, rise to the level of greatness? Can we change the world I believe we can I believe that the measure of man is not in his toys or his talents but in his character his confidence his convictions his conversation and his commitment to Christ want me to say it one more time I believe that the measure of a man 
is not in his toys or his talents, but is in his character, his convictions, his confidence, his conversations, and his commitment to Christ. We find here in our passage that Jesus is again on his way to Calvary. It's very interesting to me that this particular chapter we find that there are different encounters with Jesus. There's Jesus with the little children saying that suffer not the little children come to me for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We find that the disciples in chapter 9, chapter 8, they had, they had gotten a preview of greatness. Watch this now. Then we come down to chapter, chapter 9, verse, chapter 10, verse 17, and we find that the young, rich young ruler had an encounter with Jesus. This man felt that his greatness was found in his, what he had accumulated. But he realized quickly that his wealth didn't impress Jesus. He realized that you can't serve God with money. Jesus said to him, take all you have. See, a lot of times men come to Christ or God thinking that they're bringing something to God, but God says, when you come to me, you got to come empty. As a matter of fact, you don't even need a job when you come to me. Because guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to employ you. And I'm going to give you everything you have so that you give credit to me for everything you have. I think the problem with most men is that we think that it's us. Come on and help me, somebody. He soon found out that you can't play that with Jesus. Jesus says, sell all you have and come follow me. The man said, no, I can't do that. Matter of fact, you haven't heard, you, you haven't heard nothing else about him. Jesus then comes to verse 32 of chapter 10, and he says, as they were, going on, as they were on the road going up, up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking on ahead of them, they were amazed, and those who followed were fearful. And again, he took the 12 aside and began to tell them what was going to happen to him. In other words, Luke talks about it in, in, in full description. Jesus tells them, listen, I'm going to die. I'm about to die. Can you handle that revelation? I'm not going to be here. They're going to mock me. They're going to scorch me. And, and they're going to kill me. And three days later, verse 34, three days later, guess what? I'm going to rise again. They had to believe that. They had to somehow become convinced, amen, that this was going to happen. But I want you to hold your finger right there in chapter 10 and flip on over to chapter 9, verse 2 for me. Just hold your finger right there. Flip on back to the context. Look what it says. It says, six days later, Jesus took with him who? Peter, and James, and who else? John. And what did he do? He brought them up to the what? The high mountain by themselves. And what did he do? All right. So this is what you call the transfiguration. In other words, they got a preview of greatness. 
Now flip on down real quick to verse 35 of chapter 10. All right, let me show you something. Let me show you something. You got to see this. Look at the request. Verse 34, James and John, the same James and John that was up there at the transfiguration. It's the same James and John now coming to Jesus. Watch the text. Pay attention. James and John and two sons of Zebedee came up to Jesus saying, Teacher, we want you to what we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Boy, pride is a terrible thing. You got to be careful how you talk to your pastor too. Be very careful. Just because you got revelation doesn't mean you know more than him. You with me? Watch this. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? You know, Jesus is entertaining them, right? He said to them, grant that we may sit. What? On your right hand. There's a request. This is Jesus' response. Watch this. That we, there's their request. Grant that we would sit on your right and one on the left in your glory. Now he told them, I'm finna die, suffer, raise again from the dead. They had no clue what Jesus was talking about. But they thought that let me, let me get ahead of the other guys because I want to be great. Come on and help me somebody. Greatness is not where you sit. Greatness is who you are. Come on, man. You better say amen this morning. I ain't hearing no testosterone there. Amen. I want to hear some bass. Come on, somebody. Look what he said. Look what he said. Look what he said. They, they, they said, grant that we do. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus' response. Look at the response. Jesus said to them, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and to be baptized with the baptism which I am baptized? They said to him, we're able. See, everybody think they're able. Yeah. Come on, come on. Well, I'm a man. I, I, I'm, I'm able. Can you take the suffering that Jesus suffered? Can you go through what he went through? See, talk is cheap. See, when, watch this. When you're talking about it, anybody can say they can do it. But to actually go through it. See, if you want to be great, you got to know how to suffer. If you're going to be great, you got to know how to handle suffering. Some of you can't handle a little bit of suffering. Oh, come on and say amen. But you want to be great. You don't want to go through nothing to get to something. You want it to come on a platter. But that's not greatness in the kingdom. Verse 39, they said to him, we're able. See it? Jesus said, the cup that I drink, you shall drink. Because let me tell you why he said that. Jesus already knew. Do you not know that every disciple except for John died a horrible death? They drank that cup. Jesus knew that. You would drink that cup, but not my cup. Tell your neighbor, get your own cup. Shoot. <laughs> let me say, you shall be baptized with the baptism which I'm baptized. But to sit on my right on my left, this is not mine to give, but it is for those whom it has been prepared. Wow. Hearing this, the ten became, look at the reaction, look at the reaction. The ten became, be, began to feel what? Indignant. 
with James and John, calling them to himself. Jesus said to them, hold on a minute, let me just explain a few things right quick for you. Right? Watch this, watch this, watch this. You see, James and John is now jockeying for position. Did the revelation go to their head from the transfiguration? They thought that greatness was about a position. I'm trying to help somebody here. Greatness to the world is about a position. That's why they were jockeying for position. That's why, watch this, they wanted to achieve status, applause, accolades, associations, positions, comforts. They seen, watch this, that Jesus was transfigured and they wanted the glory rather than the king. I'm trying to help somebody. Men, I want to help you with something. Maybe your view of greatness is distorted. And it is distorted because if you're looking at greatness according to the world, the world has a way of saying this makes you great. He was the greatest ever. But there was only one great man that ever lived. But in this life, we can achieve greatness according to the plan that Jesus played out. Do I have anybody? The Bible says the ten became indignant. Uh, not everyone can get a preview of what they will become because they may become prideful. Sometimes the preview is a test to see how you will respond. See? So as men, how do we achieve greatness? Well, let's look at it. Verse 42, Jesus called them to himself, said to them, you know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lord over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. In other words, he's saying, your view of greatness looks like the world. Gentiles is symbolic for the world. Worldly people. What we were before we were saved. He says, but look what Jesus says here. Watch it. Watch verse 43. Just the first part. But it is not what? Among who? You. What is Jesus distinguishing here? That there are, there's a difference between worldly greatness and kingdom greatness. And so if I were to say men, women, children, how do you achieve greatness? How do, how do you achieve it? First thing is by seeking a godly standard to live by consistently. By seeking a what? A godly standard. See, the standard that they had was worldly. And until you and I as men, as until we set a standard to live by, can I ask you a question? What is your standard? What standards do you have? See, if your standards are not godly, it will be worldly. Listen, listen, you have to know that if you want to achieve greatness, you can't be around people who don't have the same standards. You Listen, there, there are men who are trying to straddle the fence, men who are trying to live for God on Sunday. 
and live for the world on Monday. Men who are who think that if I can just get a little bit more money, if I can just a little bit more opportunity, do you not know that it's God who opens doors? May I ask you a question as a man? What standards? Now I know you say you know God, you're a good person. Here's the thing, God ain't looking for good people. There ain't no good people. And I said ain't. Yeah, I did. Okay, there ain't no good people on earth. But you can be a godly man. You can be a man who is given over to the word of God. A man who takes the word. A man, watch this, who does not vacillate with his standards. One day you, you want to do it the Bible way. The next day you want to do it your way. So, 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 men, if you're gonna, if you're gonna see, if you're gonna live, if you're gonna be great, if you're gonna achieve greatness in this life, you have to seek godly standards. Where is it in God's word does it say this? Where does it say that? And I'm gonna live by those standards. I'm not gonna compromise prayer. Let me just make it practical to you. Okay? I, I'm not going to compromise at the job. I'm not going uh, to do things that's going to cause me to have a bad testimony. I'm not going to look for or take my family through things I don't have to take them through all because I'm trying to hustle. Let me tell you what most men are interested in, the, the rat race, the hustle. Trying to take care of my family, Pastor. I'm trying to take care of these bills. Man, if you trust God, he'll take care of you. That's the last thing on your mind. Can I help you with something? If you trust God, he'll take care of you. And let me tell you something. Any woman that can't hang with you, with you on the bottom, she don't deserve to be with you at the top. You heard me? You heard me? When you're struggling, she's there. I thank God for my wife. 22 years. Huh. I haven't always been here. But I want to let you know I haven't always been the father I am either. But I thank God that through the thick and through the thin and through the in-betweens, my wife has stood with me and assists me in developing these godly standards that we live by. And godly standards doesn't mean you got to be super spiritual. We have fun. We laugh. We joke. Amen. We do all that. We go on vacation. We do all that. We have a good time. We ain't uptight. You so holy, you ain't no good. But it's not this way among you. You ready? You can't be a Christian on Sunday and be carnal on Monday. I just said something. Look at the next part. But whosoever wishes, it's a wish. Telio. That word wish means a desire. Every man here want to be great. You want to be great in the eyes of your kids. You want to be great in the eyes of your wife. You want to be great in the eyes of your family. Every man wants to be great. So don't tell me you don't have no desire for that. 
but it's all about how you go about getting it. He says, but I said, whosoever wishes to be great among you shall be what? Shall be what? When was the last time you served your wife? As a servant. You ready? Second point. By becoming a faithful servant of God. I would say it one more time. You, you, you hear what I said? A faithful servant of God. Men, we dropping the ball. We are dropping the ball. Now, 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 let me say it now. Let me, let me say it now. Why is the women beating you to church? Why is your kids beating you to church? You want to be great, but you don't know that greatness starts here at the bottom. If you can't serve somebody else, then you're not really great. You're privileged. Let me tell you, let me tell you what this word means. Decanios. A minister. But watch this. A minister who's laboring in the dust. In other words, your conditions will not be great when you serve. It, it means, it means, it, it was derived from a word that means to pursue something in spite of the obstacles. So what does it mean? What does it mean to be a faithful servant of God? Being a servant of God means you're laying down your agenda and you're picking up the king's agenda. Listen, we cannot achieve greatness if we don't know how to serve. Some of us want to start at the top. We want to start right up top. We don't want to go through nothing. We just want to go get a degree and then go get a high position. But you ain't did nothing. Amen. Now watch this. You got a degree in arguing. You got a degree in your opinions. You got a degree in your in, in what you think is right. You got bring my bring my food, fix my my you know fold my clothes. You got a degree in all of that, but you don't pick up your hands to do nothing. Listen, you can't serve God and don't serve at home. Y'all, amen. I ain't gotta say y'all ain't hearing me, right? Greatness from God's eyes is how much you can give up to serve him. You think you think I you, th you don't think I get to I listen, I done thrown so much uh uh hand sanitizer the other day. I said two, three days later, I'm like, man, why is my back hurting so much? Why is my arm why is my hand still hurting? You think you you think you I could use that scripture while I'm supposed to be praying and, and preaching. But here's what I found out, man. Here's what I found out. There's joy in serving. Yeah. Listen, 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 listen. Stop being so selfish. You, you and I will never achieve true greatness if we don't learn. Listen, and serving doesn't always come, you know, at the most convenient time now. 
it, it comes at a time where you're cutting one thing to go do another thing, and then in between that, you got to be on this side and that side. But in between, you got to do the Lord's work. Y'all caught that? Faithfully serve him. The rich man in the previous chapter thought his wealth was the way of serving. But Jesus said, you got to give all that wealth up because I want you. I want your body. I don't want you online no more. Amen. I know, I know it's convenient. But I need you in the house of God. The greatness of a man is found in his ability to serve without recognition. Without applause, without accolades, because he gets his praise from God. Jesus says, it's not this way among you. Come on, say amen. Look what he says next. You ready? So, so you seek godly standards to live by. By becoming a faithful servant of God. Watch this. And look at verse 44. He says, and whoever. I love the whoever. You know what the whoever suggests? Anybody can get in. <laughs> Watch this. You ready? Whoever wishes to be what? There ain't a person here that don't want to be first. Come on now. Everybody want to be what? First. But notice their request. Their request was to sit on the right and the left. And now Jesus is like, man, that ain't how it works. You want to be seen. You want to be heard. You want people to say, oh, look at the good job you did. Man, you're doing good. But he says, whoever wishes to be first among you shall be a slave of who? Of who? Of all. Listen, man. Here's the next point. You ready? By being a servant. You ready for the next point? By sacrificing everything for God. By what? Let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me show you what I mean. <laughs> Sacrifice means something. It means that I'm putting me last. The reason it's hard is because all we do is think about ourselves first. What I'm giving up. What I am putting aside. Sacrifice for God will make you great. Great. Paul was a bondservant. Peter was a bondservant. James was a bondservant. You see, you go, and here's what, a, here's what a sacrifice means. You ready? It means you go where you're told to go. It means you do what you're told to do. Watch this, you ready? You say what you were told to say. And you have no opinions on that. Tell your neighbor, sacrifice. You see, you see, you see, sacrifice means I'm putting my life to the side for someone else. Man, if you're going to achieve greatness, it's going to call for sacrifice. Now, now here's the thing. Here's the thing now. When you understand true sacrifice, you will understand one thing. That God is the one calling you to do it. Men, I, I, know, I know it's Father's Day, and I know you're processing here, okay? 
But Jesus said, whoever wishes to be first among you shall be a slave, not just of some, but, but to all. To who? Of all. So you don't pick and choose who you're going to sacrifice for. Your life is given to service. How come the women get it better than us? How come the women get that? Sister said, I don't mind cleaning toilets. I haven't seen a man clean a toilet yet. Maybe I missed that. But, but I'll say this, like, what have you given up to be great? Do you not know that uh, Muhammad Ali had to give up a whole, a whole lot of things? Uh, LeBron James and all these guys who achieved worldly greatness, they had to give up something. They had to discipline themselves. They had to sacrifice but look what he says next. He says in verse 45, he says, Even the Son of Man did not come to what? To be, but to serve. Men, you may be saying, Pastor, everything you're saying is impossible. Godly standard, becoming a faithful servant of God, sacrificing everything for God. But here's my next point. You ready? Here's how you become great. By following the example of the Son of, God, of, the Son of Man. By following the example of the Son of Man. Watch this. How can I do this and still take care of my family? My life. If your life is more important than anything else, then you will never actually achieve greatness. Until you die to self, serve and sacrifice. Watch this. Difficulty is difficult to see greatness. Watch this. If you're selfish, you cannot see greatness. And you definitely can't see Jesus. You see, Jesus is our example. Watch this. In Colossians, somebody say, well, there was no, there's one perfect man that walked the earth. And that was Jesus. You ready for this? Watch this. Colossians says, that we are to walk in his footsteps. Could it be that you're imitating the wrong person? You have to follow the example of who? The son of man. And what Jesus did by going to Calvary. What Jesus did by walking up the Villa de la Rosa. What Jesus did when he was going up to Calvary, when he was hanging on that cross, he did that as an example for us. So he says that even the Son of Man, listen, listen, Jesus could have been served, but he served. Jesus could have called down the angels, legions of them, but he hung there on the cross. Jesus, the Bible says, we do not have a high priest who does not sympathize with our weaknesses. In other words, here's why I believe it's possible to give everything up for God. You ready? Because Jesus was also man. And in his humanness, it's called the hypostatic union. Watch this. In his humanness, watch this now. He proved that he got hungry. 
He proved that he was tempted. He proved that he had a little temper. <laughs> he proved, amen, that he can give it all up for God. At 12 years old, he was sitting there in the temple. And then when they gave him an opportunity to speak, <laughs> they were wondering, where did he get all this wisdom from? Men, let me tell you something. You hang around church long enough. You'll start growing in stature, but not only in stature, but you'll start growing in wisdom. You'll start growing spiritually. Your character will start changing. Jesus gave us this example that you can give it all up. That you don't have to be served to be great. But the moment you pick up your armor and you serve. Gentlemen, God is speaking to you today. Where would you rather get your applause? Where would you rather get your reward? You ready? Here on earth? Oh, when you go to heaven. But let me say this. The Bible says that you haven't given up anything. Peter said, man, we gave up everything, follow you. Jesus said to them, listen, let me tell you something. Let me, let me, let me check you right quick. You haven't given up anything where you will not be rewarded in this life a thousand times more and also in the next life. Gentlemen, stop thinking about what you're losing and start thinking about what you're going to gain. You can't be inconsistent with God. And I know you're saying my schedule, my job, my this, my that, but let me say this to you. Jesus was a man who lived. He says, foxes have home. Birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. I'm talking about service to God means something. Sacrifice means something. But listen, I want to tell you something. It's not a comfortable thing. It's not a luxurious thing. Listen, I've suffered for the last 16 years. I've had backbiters. Come on, somebody. I've had all kinds of stuff happen to me in the midst of ministry. But I thank God that it didn't make me bitter. It made me better. Because I realized something. As a slave to people and as a servant to people, that's what you get. People may mistreat me, but God sees. So I'm not worried about how you're going to treat me. I'm going to worry about what God is going to reward me with because I went through what you put me through. Come on, help me somebody. You see, servitude for some people seems like it's cannot be done. But I have an example. Can I ask you something, men? Can I ask you a serious question this morning? Who's your role model? Tony Robbins? Les Brown? I'm just saying. Arsenio Hall? I went way back there. Like, who's that? Eddie Murphy? Kevin Hart? Who is your role model? Men, you're not too old to have a role model. And your role model, and, and here's the thing, you imitate your role model. My dad's my role model. 
But dad ain't in church. Dad ain't serving nobody but himself. Dad doing this and doing that, but I think you need a new role model. Love your dad, but you need a new role model. And maybe, hopefully, when you change your life, dad will look at your life and say, I want some of that. See, we, we are loyal to a fault because we call right wrong and wrong right. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. I'm, I'm listen, I'm talking to you today. So, 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 so let me ask you, who are you imitating? And if you're not imitating Jesus, it's hard to find. Read the gospel. Jesus went through what you went through or what you're going through. You think he didn't worry? You think, watch this, you think he don't know that you're worrying about how you're going to pay the rent? That's why you got to go to Matthew 6. And this is what he said. He said, uh, are you worried about food, clothing, and shelter? He said, let, let me illustrate real quick. Look at them birds. I'm about, I got two minutes. I, I'm going to get out of here. Watch it. I promise you I got two minutes. He said, look at them birds. Look at the flowers. Then he says in 633, Men, you ready? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, context, and all these things. I don't worry about how my bills going to be paid. I don't worry about how it's going to It's going to be paid. And it's going to be paid on time. Sometimes that seems real cliche in church, but I want to tell you something. I've tried it, and it works. But I had to become a servant. You know how I became a servant? God had to break me. You know, you know, you know when you break open a perfume bottle. You with me? It has to go through a breaking. For the aroma to come out. Y'all ain't trying to hit me. Watch this now. That's why I don't like spray. I like to break open the bottle. When you break open the bottle, you get the pureness of the scent. And sometimes God has to break us in order to use us. Because watch this, we're too full of ourselves. You with me? I got one more thing. He says, and for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to, but to serve. You ready? And to give his life as a what? As a what? As a ransom for what? For who? So here's my last point. You ready? Here's how you achieve greatness. By totally surrendering to God. Surrender means you're, you are giving up everything, not just some things. Watch this. Have your life become a ransom for anyone else other than yours? Here's a question. What is your life worth? Here, here, here's, here, here it is. The more you serve, the more you sacrifice, the more you surrender, the more you die to self, the more you're worth. But if it's all about you, you're not worth anything. Matter of fact, your life couldn't pay for nobody else's. I'm going to say it one more time. Your life can't pay. Can, let, me, let me ask this question. Can your life pay for anybody else's life? 
if you are serving again because you understand the more you are worth to God, men, the enemy knows it. So what does he do? He will keep coming to reduce your greatness. Watch this. So that you can become full of self again. You have a struggle every single day, men. Me or thee? Me or thee? And if I live every day without giving him something, then I'm living for me. Companies have, a, have what's called staff audits. Staff audit is designed to analyze who is where they're supposed to be and whether they are producing at the level that they ought to be producing in the position that they occupy. The point of having staff audits is to make sure that the right people are in the right place doing the right thing in the right way. One of the questions on the floor during an audit is, does each staff member, member's job and productivity contributes to the goal of the company? This is the same question God wants answered. How does your life as a Christian contribute to the kingdom? If God was to audit you today, what would he find? Would he find a slave? Will he find a servant? Or will he find someone full of self? And may I say this to you tonight, this morning? You will never, we will never achieve greatness, men. Until we die to self. Take up our cross. You know what that really means? You know what that means? I got a, I got a sermon I'm going to preach here in a minute about um, Simon, the Cyrene. He was minding his business. Watch this. He was just minding his business. Matter of fact, the Bible said he had just come back from the country. He had come back from vacation. He went out to the country. And when he got back to Jerusalem, there was a man who had been beaten beyond recognition, spit upon, cursed at. And he was just standing observing what was going on. And one of the Roman soldiers grabbed him. And he became a servant of God. He helped carry Jesus' cross. You with me? See, either you're going to be pressed into service or you're going to volunteer into service. Most of us have to be pressed into service. See, what I understand about, about serving is this. People want to be recognized. I'm the pastor. I'm glad when I walk around, you don't have to know I'm the pastor. I don't have to even say I'm the pastor. 
because I know who I am. I came here to serve you. Well, how do I serve you? I serve you the word every week. I pray for you every single day. Now let me ask you something. How many of you men want to be great? How many of you want to achieve greatness for God, for the kingdom? Give your life to something that's bigger than you. Church is not just a place you come to be entertained. It's a place you come to serve. And let me say this. When, when all the painting is done and when all the cleaning is done and when all that stuff is done, right, then how do you serve then? You serve through your witness. You serve by living and bringing people into the kingdom of God. That's how you serve. And so if you're here today and you need prayer, Pastor, I need prayer this morning. I believe that I want to achieve greatness. I want to achieve greatness. And I know that the only way I can do that is if I die to self. Maybe you've been looking at this thing the wrong way. You know, the way up in the kingdom is down. Not so in the world. The world tells you step on everybody else to get to the top. You know, do those shady deals on the side and backbite people and go before and, and ask to sit on the right or the left. Go get, go, go get an audience with the boss. But there's some of you men today, some of you are watching, some of you are here today. It's time for you to stop just thinking about you. This isn't about you. That's why you're so miserable. Because you've made this journey all about you. And what God is saying to you today, you have to lay down your life.